Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite de Queen's Practical Wisdoms in Sales podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina. Today, we'll be discussing the sales foundation of your features and benefits. Why is knowing your product or service invaluable? And how is that not a panacea? Lynn? Well, a thorough product or service knowledge um, provides you the ability to um, identify a critical gap for your clients, uh, recognize interconnectedness with other products or services, um, isolating the connection points. It allows you to generate conversation, uh, digging into the details of an implementation, installation, or specific use. Um, it helps you adapt your message uh, to meet your clients' needs, goals, and objectives. And knowing your product or service at the end of the day is only one component of sales success. I think of this as it's like a two-leg table. You cannot build a solid foundation. You can't put a lot of things on top of that two-legged table without it toppling over. So sales success depends on creating that foundation, understanding your audience, uh, key stakeholders, motivations, situational factors, the organizational culture of your client, um, unique styles of the individuals you're working with, all of that is essential to building that foundation. And on top of that, you've got the diversity of intent and purpose, which allows you to adapt your product or service. And the knowledge that you have of that, your product or service, allows you to make those adapt adaptions for each initiative, for each client, for each silo, for each department. And uh, so that's sort of <laughs> my take on on uh, why it's uh, it's not enough just to know your product or service. Um, Tina, what what would you like to? I I know that we think similarly on this. We do, uh, we do. Although I think maybe I'll, I've got a little short shorter version of it. Um, but I, I absolutely agree that it's, it's more than just knowing your product or service. I mean, clearly you've, there's a lot more to the to the process. But in order to actively converse with your prospect or customer, you must have a deep understanding of your product or service to listen for the opportunity. Yep. You have to have a deep understanding of your product or service to listen for the opportunity. You know, there are tangible items to be sold, such as a printer or a widget, and there are intangible items to be sold, such as a marketing program or a social media campaign. Either way, in order to be effective with your client interactions, it is so important to know the facets of your offering. My approach has always been consultative in nature. I don't want to sell someone on a project or service that is not a good fit for them. However, through active listening, there may be an additional avenue to support this client through um, a company's depth and breadth of products and services. I also don't subscribe to the presumption that one size fits all. Having the knowledge of your product or service, having that knowledge allows a more robust conversation, which can lead to long-term, deeper relationships. Lynn, do you have anything else to add to that? No, I love listen for the opportunity. And, and that's mm -hmm. what I was talking about, building that foundation. You know, the discovery, mm -hmm. listening for the opportunity. Those are great points. How does an organization's culture play into the potential resonance of features and benefits? Tina, what would you say? Well, I know Lynn has some really great points to make in, within this um, 
this area. Um, culture impacts buying behavior. Culture influences our habits, values, beliefs, and principles. And the way in which an organization presents its products or services certainly has an influence on how it is perceived. For instance, look at high-end automobiles. They target specific audiences by alluding to social class or prestige. While at the end of the day, they're marketing an automobile. But they've created this, uh, this nuance and this aura of something other than just, uh, just an automobile. By understanding the culture of an organization, whether it's your own or your clients, you can better grasp the approach in your sales conversation. Notice I didn't say sales pitch. It's the nuance and grasping the approach that you can take during your sales conversation. Lynn, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this. <laughs> well, it is. It's it's about matching the, the buyers um, and their organization, the, their motivations. Mm -hmm. And that's where this really is important. Because if you can, by going through the discovery, by listening for the opportunity, and understanding your product or service and and recognizing cultural clues within the organization and with, to your point, the buying behavior of the individual who's the decision maker, you're going to be able to identify which features and benefits are best suited um, to really focus on for that conversation that's going to match the buyer's motivation. Because mm -hmm. when you're going to, when you match the buyer's motivation, and you make that fit, whether it's with a high-end vehicle and on the flip side, you may have, you know, you know, a Kia commercial, which could be quite different. Um, and it, and it, the whole take on it could be more humorous and it, and it gets you there, you know, at, for a heck of a lot less money. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the, the key thing here is that by recognizing that within an organization, some organizations place an, any a great deal of value on their employees' health and wellness and the morale of the employees. They they are want to make sure that are, their employees are they consider them their most valuable asset. And they don't just talk that. They really believe that. And they take action to promote that. So when you understand an organization's culture, that can help you match your features and benefits to the motivation of the organization and reframe your message mm -hmm. so that you are, have much more connectivity and resonance with that client. So that's why this is important. I really like the way you said that, reframe your presentation, refr reframe your message to, to align with, uh, with the organization's uh, culture. I like that a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. How do you utilize your features and benefits in your go-to-market strategy? Tina, let's hear your thoughts on this first. Well, you know, while a feature provides the description of a product or service, um, of a product or service, it is the manner in which the benefit is presented that will make the sale come alive. So the benefit reflects the why your customer prospects should consider working with you over someone else. The benefit can be shown in cost savings, time savings, wider market capture. And the benefit can be related to the how this will reflect well on the prospect or customer, that they have discovered a new go-to-market strategy. They have become a hero or they have become the subject matter expert in their company thanks to your assistance. Mm 
So always keep in mind the why. Why will this help? And sell to that why. The word of caution, avoid selling on cost. And I know Lynn will agree with me on this. You know, have an open dialogue up front as to their budget, but don't get caught up in, in the price. Then you, you and your company will be seen as a commodity. You want to keep your focus on the value. And if you're you're matching you're matching the features to benefits that are specifically targeted for that particular organization, you're going to have a win. Lynn, what do you think? Yeah, I I think the number one thing here is to think like the customer. Mm -hmm. I think you have to get into their mindset. What do they lack? What do they need? Um, and how do your features and benefits provide what they lack or need? You know, what is their motivation? Why are they considering a purchase of this product or service? Um, what is the primary benefit that they're going to receive? You know, when you, you look at what they lack or need and what their motivation is, you can start to match those motivations with what you're going to provide. You know, how does your client realize a positive outcome with your product or service? How can you help them visualize that positive outcome? And you utilize the features and benefits, and I've just said this, to match your buyer's motivation. So I think this is a great project to work on in a sales meeting um, with a sales team to bounce these ideas off. I mean, this is so much more powerful than putting together yet another swap. You know, I mean, this is this is really about and, and you're going to want to divide it. You probably sell to different markets. Um, you could sell to government versus um, uh, uh, organizations versus non-governmental agencies, you know, whatever it is there. And you start to play this out. Um, every buyer, industry, departmental silo, you know, can be unique. And that's why you're going to want to modify your approach for each of these. So you modify your message. Uh, you match that buyer's motivation because they may all be buying the same product or service, but they're buying it for different reasons. It, mm -hmm. they, they're lacking different things or they need different things. And it's so important. If you just, if this is just plain vanilla ice cream and someone's presented with Baskin and Robbins and 31 flavors, I mean, hello? <laughs> you, it, it, not that too much choice is too much choice. But what I'm trying to say is that you then let people pick and and uh, really select what's going to fit best for them. And that's where you can deliver value and trigger a connection. And I think that understanding the goals and the plans and the objectives of your prospect, that listening for the opportunity, which I love, will help you develop your relationship and leverage your features and benefits more effectively. Tina, do you have any yeah, I think thought? I think I do. I, I just just in closing, I think it's a great opportunity when we're talking about features and benefits. It's a great opportunity to ask questions and create a a, a a dialogue. Check your presumptions as to what the benefits might be. You know, this is what others in your industry are doing. How does this reflect uh, with with you? Um, with with your company or with your position how does it it's a terrific opportunity to to get deeper as you said lynn get deeper into the conversation and um and have a real connection well this has been a great discussion we have one last question and it comes from manny in lancaster pennsylvania manny asks 
Our product's features and benefits have been drilled into us by our sales manager, but I often sense my potential client's eyes glazing over when I share them. What am I missing? Thank you for your question, Manny. Lynn, what advice can you share? Uh, well, you know, Manny, it sounds like you're not taking the time for discovery and relationship building. Um, this is Tina's point of listening for the opportunity. If you don't understand what your client needs or lacks, um, you're not genuinely connecting with them. And what your client needs or lacks is going to drive their motivation for purchasing your product. Um, and you can't trigger uh, that motivation without spending time building trust and learning about them. And you, you need to touch all the bases before you know you cross the finish line. Think, think about playing baseball. You have, to cross, you have to touch every base, right? So this is the same thing. Start asking questions. Get to, get to first base, right? Actively listen. Get to second base. Listen for those opportunities. You know, third base, reframe your, your message. Um, no one likes being sold to, and it sounds like you're just, you've got them in a chair, and you're just going to sell to them. And you're not listening to what they need and what they lack and what they want. So, <laughs> tough love. <laughs> Tina, what would you like to add? Well, I really I agree with all of that, Lynn. And it sounds to me, Manny, that your sales manager has it so drilled into you what, what the features and benefits are that it's similar back in in, uh, in elementary school or, or uh, junior high school having to get up in front of a class and recite a poem and you just you just want to get it out because it's in your mind and you just want to get it out there before you forget it. So I like Lynn, I would suggest listening a little more and selling a lot less. You know, many times salespeople have this set presentation and they're so engaged in making sure that they get all the information out that there's little room for conversation. I would suggest asking questions. Ask questions, be active in the conversation. As soon as you see an eye glaze over, um, you know, ask a question. Does this make sense to you? Is this is this something that that you know what what did you like about about that? Just try to draw them into the conversation. Don't let them wander, because once once they've wandered, it's really tough to pull them back in. And certainly, building trust. Uh, if you, if you're not actively involved in the conversation, or your client's not actively involved, um, it's it's difficult to bring that back. Good luck. <laughs> I think you can do it. I yeah. think you can do it. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn and Tina, for your excellent advice. I'm sure it will help Manny and anyone else facing a similar struggle. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. 